This is Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Friday, October 28th, 2022. Getting that much closer to Reformation Day, folks. I'm on my way to Boise to see my mom as we speak, but first, I figured I should get you the news heading into the weekend. Let's go ahead and kick things off, starting with Facebook. Facebook fined $25 million for breaking Washington state election law. Facebook's parent company, Meta, was issued a $25 million fine Wednesday for violating Washington State's campaign finance laws. According to court documents, King County Superior Court Judge Douglas North found Meta to be in violation of Washington's political disclosure law 822 separate times between 2019 and 2021 and issued the maximum possible fine for each instance, which totaled up to $30,000 per violation. Meta was also ordered to come into full compliance with the state's election transparency laws within the next 30 days, as well as pay the attorney's fees for the case, which Ferguson has requested to be tripled for a total of $10.5 million. The final total will be decided by North at a later date. According to the Seattle Times, the state's election transparency laws, which have been in place since 1972, require ad sellers to disclose the names and addresses of political buys, the targets of such ads, and the total numbers of views for each ad. The judge found that Meta had intentionally violated the standards. Washington Democrat Attorney General Bob Ferguson said that, quote, he had one word for Facebook's conduct in this case, arrogance. He told the Times it intentionally disregarded Washington's election transparency laws. But that wasn't enough. Facebook argued in court that those laws should be declared unconstitutional. That is breathtaking. End quote. Ferguson originally sued Meta, then still known as Facebook, for violation of the 1972 transparency laws in 2018 for $200,000. In response, the company said they would stop selling political ads in the state rather than comply with the law. Ferguson filed a second lawsuit against the company in 2020 after a report revealed that the company was still selling political ads, which were out of compliance with state law. According to the Times, the company said that the law's quote, unduly burdened political speech and were virtually impossible to comply with. In a motion filed in July, Ferguson wrote that Meta had failed to respond to multiple inspection requests regarding political advertisements on its platform in Washington between 2019 and 2021, and after several complaints were filed to the State Public Disclosure Commission, the executive director of the agency, Pete, uh, Peter Lavelle, referred referred the case to Ferguson in September 2021 for potential legal action. This spring, Meta filed a motion asking the court to strike down the regulations for commercial advertisers, which was denied by North in September. Moving on, let's go to one, another liberal city. Lori Lightfoot demands a 5% raise as Chicago crime rates spiral out of control. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot proposed giving herself a 5% annual pay increase despite mounting criticisms of soaring violent crime in her city. Lightfoot currently takes home an annual salary of $209,915, but the mayor now demands an increase of up to 5% each year. The ordinance announced on Wednesday it would give Lightfoot, city clerk, and treasurer access to a pay increase each year. This would mirror the process used by aldermen who are already eligible for the pay raise. 
Quote, to be clear, the ordinance was introduced today. It would put the mayor, the city treasurer, and the clerk in line with all the other elected officials regarding a cost of living increase, Mayor Lightfoot said. The pay increase comes as violent crime in Chicago has increased by 37% since last year. Shootings in the city are up from previous weekend when nine murders and 31 victims were reported. They have been, there have been a total of 2,313 shooting incidents reported in 2022. This in the city with some of the strictest gun laws. Last weekend, a total of 51 people were shot in Chicago, with some 11 victims dying in the 43 separate incidents, nine of the victims being juveniles. In 2022, 49,433 more crimes were reported in Chicago than 35,746 back in 2021. Lori Whitefoot vowed to tackle the city's crime rates after she was sworn into office in May 2019, but up to now, she has failed. There's a reason the Chicago Bears are looking out uh, to move out of downtown Chicago. The Chicago mayor also made a massive U-turn on her proposal to cut $59 million from the Chicago Police Department budget amid the defund the police protests in the summer of 2020. Despite Lori Lightfoot denouncing the defund the police movement, Chicago's police union has since issued a vote of no confidence in the mayor. Before we get to our next story, let's stop and take a moment to talk about the Fight Laugh East Club membership. By joining the Fight Laugh East Army, not only will you be aiding in our fight to take down secular and legacy media, but you'll also get access to content placed in our club portal, such as past shows, all of our conference talks, and exclusive content for club members. And you won't be able to find that anywhere else. Lastly, you'll also get discounts to our conferences. So if you've got 10 bucks a month to kick over our way, you can sign up right now at Fight Laugh Feast. Dot com And we really appreciate your support. That's FightLaughFeast.com. Moving on, let's go check out Russia. And not a lot of good stuff comes out of Russia, I'll admit. But this one, this was a good headline. Russia advances bill banning gay propaganda and content promoting transgenderism to children. On Thursday, the lower house of Russia's parliament, the Duma, voted to approve amendments to the, count, to the country's 2013 legislation banning gay propaganda. These amendments will expand a 2013 law which banned the dissemination of propaganda of non-traditional sexual relations to children, expanding it to include those 18 and older, according to the Associated Press. Lawmakers in the Duma voted unanimously to approve the amendments, but still faces the upper house of Russia's parliament. The Federation Council, before it can be signed into law by Russian President Vladimir Putin, France 24 reported. New provisions in the amendment set out to ban gay propaganda for all Russians, not just minors, in advertisements, the internet, media, literature, and cinema. Also set to be banned is propaganda of pedophilia. The amendments would also look to ban the denial of family values and seeks to stop propaganda that could cause minors to desire to change their sex. Foreigners found in violation of the law could face expulsion. Unless you're Brittany Griner, then it's nine years in prison. (laughs) Moving on, Soros gave 17.6, this is George Soros, of course, gave $17.6 million to lefty group pushing Facebook, TikTok to censor so-called election disinfo. 
Another group heavily financed by liberal billionaire George Soros is joining a growing network of organizations he funds, calling on big tech to do more to censor so-called election disinformation before the midterms. Leftist group Global Witness released a co-authored piece of propaganda disguised as an investigation with the New York University's Cybersecurity for Democracy team, C4D, whining that Facebook and TikTok weren't censoring enough. The group's October 21st press release on its report headlined, Facebook and TikTok failed to block deceptive ads with blatant U.S. midterms disinformation, claimed its experiment was engineered to determine how well social media platforms are living up to their promises to stop disinformation that can destabilize democratic processes. That's, again, according to the report. Soros's Open Society Foundations gave Global Witness 17... 17 Seventeen billion six hundred fifty-seven thousand dollars between 2016 and 2020 alone. The group has offices in London, Brussels, and Washington D.C. The group complained that TikTok approved 90% of ads featuring misleading and false election disinformation, while Facebook allegedly approved a significant number of similarly, similarly, and accurate and false ads. Global Witness Senior Advisor John Lloyd tried to drum up fear about a supposed threat to democracy if big tech companies didn't up the ante on their censorship operations. It is high time they got their houses in order and started properly resourcing the direction and prevention of disinformation before it's too late. Our democracy rests on their willingness to act. That is from the report. Multiple media outlets like the New York Times and The Hill gobbled up and regurgitated Global Witness's talking points without mentioning the group's financial ties to Soros. From the New York Times, for example, TikTok failed to stop most misleading political ads in a test run by researchers. From The Hill, TikTok, Facebook failed to remove ads spreading election misinformation, according to a report. From Fortune, TikTok let through 90% of ads spreading baseless claims about U.S. midterms, new report finds. From the AP, report TikTok bad at culling culling U.S. election misinformation ads. The Guardian, we risk another crisis. TikTok in danger of being a major vector of election misinformation. Global Witness, however, praised YouTube for its obsession with censoring election content while still finding room to suggest it doesn't go far enough in censoring election content in Brazil. Could that be because Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro? Bolsonaro, we'll go with that, is an ally of former U.S. President Donald Trump. Bolsonaro is currently in the middle of a highly contested election against leftist and disgraced former Brazilian president, Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva. So, there you go. Moving on, let's talk about Classical Conversations for a moment. Classical Conversations supports homeschooling parents by cultivating the love of learning through a Christian worldview in fellowship with other families. They provide a classical Christ-centered curriculum, local like-minded communities across the United States, and in several countries they train parents who are striving to be great classical educators in the home. For more information and to get connected, please visit their website at classicalconversations.com. Again, that's classicalconversations.com. And now it's time for my favorite topic, sports. I've got a couple requests today from my coworkers on this one. Our behind-the-scenes all-stars here at CrossPolitik, Anna Hadfield and Neil Alcamendrez. By the way, ladies, he's still single. Got to look out for my boy. I'll go ahead and start with Neil's requests, and that is Anderson Silva will be fighting Jake Paul in the ring this weekend. For those that don't know, Anderson Silva is one of the most decorated fighters in mixed martial arts. 
He's a former UFC middleweight champion and holds the record for the longest title run in UFC history at 2,457 days. This started in 2006 and ended in 2013 and included a UFC record 16 consecutive victories in that span. Now, a lot of people think Jake Paul's a joke. I do too. But my friend Neil, who knows a thing or two about fighting, says Paul is actually a solid boxer and athlete. But the fight may reportedly be in jeopardy. Jake Paul's fight with Anderson Silva on Saturday in is in at least potential jeopardy, as the Arizona Boxing and MMA Commission will meet this evening to talk about the event, following remarks recently made by Silva that he'd been knocked out twice during training camp. The 47-year-old Silva said in an interview that was released this week, but reportedly actually took place a month ago, that he'd been knocked out twice in sparring leading up to the fight, and the Arizona Commission told ESPN's Mark Raimondi that they will review additional documentation submitted by Silva. Silva has said that he misspoke in the interview, noting that his English is not his first language, and that also he was joking. But a misspoken joke could threaten what is a major money event for himself, Paul, and Showtime Sports. The most likely outcome, just at a wager, is that the fight will go on unless Silva or Paul, for that matter, failed a medical examination from the commission. It would seem pretty hard to prove that he wasn't simply joking or that he didn't just use the wrong words. But it's a situation where the commission have at least have to at least review the issue officially, too. If the fight does happen, we'll know by tonight if that's going ahead or not. With the official weigh-in set for tomorrow morning, then the fight is on. All right, time for the other item. Anna's family, the Hadfield family, and little brothers specifically are big-time Eagles fans. And let me tell you, the Philadelphia Eagles are doing incredibly well this year. They're undefeated at the moment with a perfect 6-0 and record. They also just traded for a talented and veteran defensive lineman in Robert Quinn. According to MMQB's Albert Breer, the Bears are picking up $7.1 million of Quinn's remaining salary for this season. In turn, the Eagles, uh, by the way, the Bears are... Uh, Robert Quinn came from the Bears, so hoping if there's any confusion there. Um, the Eagles, in turn, will pay Quinn's a shade over $700,000 for the duration of the campaign. Quinn, age 32, had a quiet season for the Bears, posting just one sack, three quarterback hits, and eight tackles in seven games. It's a far cry from his 2021 season when he notched 18 and a half sacks. Dating back to 2018, however, Quinn has rotated mediocre sack totals with big seasons. In 2018, he had six and a half sacks in 16 games. In 2019, he had 11 and a half in 14. In 2020, just two sacks in 15. And then in 2021, 18 and a half sacks in 16 games. Depth on the edge became a major need for the Eagles, where after Derek Barnett was lost for the season with a torn ACL in September. But folks, it gets better for the Eagles. The next four quarterbacks the Eagles are scheduled to face have 12 career wins. They have 49 touchdowns and 41 interceptions, lifetime passer ratings ranging from 66.7 to 87.0. And just for record, you got to be up towards 150 to have a perfect passer rating. So they're not even just maybe above half, not even that. And three career wins over winning teams. If the Steelers, Texans, Commanders, and Colts continue with their current starting quarterbacks, the undefeated Eagles over the next three to four weeks will face rookie Kenny Pickett, who's thrown two touchdowns and seven interceptions in his first three career starts. Davis Mills has won three of 17 career starts. Taylor Hinkie, who's played for three 
fewer NFL teams, five, then career wins, eight, and Sam Ellinger, a sixth-round pick who's never thrown an NFL pass. So yes, the Eagles appear to be wins over Pickett, Mills, Hinky, and Ellinger away from a 10-0 record. There you go, Hadfields. How about that? This coming off of a win over Cooper Rush in his sixth career start. Those quarterbacks will be facing a pass defense that through seven weeks is number one in the NFL to opposing passer rating and yards allowed and number two in completion percentage and sacks. So there you go. Uh, there you go, Neil and Anna. You're welcome. And that, folks, that's going to do it for this cross-politic daily news brief. If you liked the show, go ahead and hit that share button for me down below. If you want to sign up for a club membership or a magazine, head on over to FightLaughFeast.com. You can do both of those items right there at FightLaughFeast.com. And as always, if you want to send me an email uh, with a news story, if you want to ask about our conferences, or if you want to become a corporate partner with CrossPolitik, email me at Garrison at FightLaughFeast.com. Cross Politic News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great weekend. I'll see you next week.